Happy Monday. <laughs> it's uh, it's episode 137, wow, of the Binge Boys. We've got a great, 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 great episode today. But before we get into it, let me remind you of a few pro- programming notes. Go to the Instagram. Give us a follow. Binge Boys Podcast. We review all of our shit on there as long as alert you when the new episode drops but you know when the episode drops because you're subscribed on apple and spotify and if you're not go get that shit done right now you it it guarantees that the episode comes straight to your phone or listening device right uh er, bright and early on tuesday morning there's no hassle you don't have to go search for it every week it pops up right there for you no hassle needed make sure you've left that rating and review as well i've said this on all of the other pods i do if if my if one of my pods reaches 35 likes this week, I will do the WAP dance and put it on my Instagram. <laughs> but um but we'll but we'll get there. Uh I've already filmed it. I'll, I'll just say that. I I I I can throw it back. I'll I'll say that. But um before we get into uh, the topics and the real introduction, I'm going to remind you of a few friends of mine. The first friend is Prepped and Ready. Prepped and Ready, they offer healthy meals and they deliver them straight to your door. All you have to do is pop them in the microwave and they're good to go. They service all of Metro Atlanta. Uh, they just partnered with a brand new fitness app called Fit Genie and they make deliveries even easier. Go to PreppedReadyMeals.com and use code BINGE10, B-I-N-G-E-1-0 at checkout for 10% off that order. B-I-N-G-E-1-0, 10% off that order. Prepped Ready Meals. They don't have a tagline, but I make one up anyway. Um, ladies, have you always wanted to get a boudoir session and needed that little nudge to do it? Well, now you do. Here's that nudge. Our listeners get an automatic discount of $100 off their session fee when they book a session with Jillian. I've known Jillian for a few years now. She's awesome. She's super funny. She's super personable. She knows what she's doing. She's not a weirdo. She does this for art. It's her passion. Photography, it's her thing. These sessions make an awesome, unique gift for your wedding, anniversary, birthday, or ladies, it's just an excuse to rock that bod. Go check her workout on her Instagram if you want a reference. Rebel Boudoir is her Instagram and her website is rebelboudoirstudio.com. When you book that session, you can click a little drop-down uh, arrow thing and Binge Boys comes up. Click that and you'll get that $100 off. It's an investment and an experience you definitely won't forget. Binge Boys and Girls, I've got uh, I've got a few announcements to make. Number one, uh, Pearson and Zach got hit by buses. They're both dead. Um <laughs> they're not dead but um i wanted to spice up uh the binge boys landscape um here and there so uh i i've i've taken it I, i've made it so that the binge boys is no longer going to be just me just pearson just zach pearson and zach pearson and me i'm gonna open the floodgates i'm gonna let anybody who wants to be a part of this there's so many so many of us out there love movies and TV and just everything, all entertainment. So why not let more people be a part of it? So I put an ad out on Twitter, and the first person that reached out to me was Matt, first and oh. only person I should add. Oh, well, that's an honor. Glad, glad I was your only choice. You DM'd me so fast, I was like, "Holy shit!" Just, just happened to come across the TL at the right time, I suppose. We we love the ad to come across the TL. <laughs> you you love to see it, Matt. Give give a short brief like who are you? Sure. So yeah, my name's Matt. I'm from the western suburbs of uh, Chicago. Uh, went to school here in uh, Indiana. Uh, loved it so much, I decided to stick around. Um, always been a big fan of uh, movies, TV, film. So. When I saw the opportunity to uh, get, you know, another straight white guy's takes out there on the internet about this stuff, you know, had to had to just jump on it. Hell yeah, man! I'm I'm glad that you uh, have accepted and under you know what we're doing here, and you're just running with it. It's got to do it. Cool, and then uh, and it's great to have you, Matt. Thanks for uh, wanting to be a part of it. And uh, 
Ladies and gentlemen, the second individual on this pod tonight, um, he's a three-time, uh, no, he's not, but he, he's Mitch. Mitch, it's, Mitch, what's, what's up? up? <laughs> what's up? What's up? Uh, uh, Mitch, for for your laptop mic, you sound really good. Really? Okay. Yeah, like Sweet. really good. Sweet. That's a lot better than uh, my head headset that I had. So that's, that's good to hear. Yeah. Mitch, how do you, uh, how do you know me? Uh, we went to high school together. Uh, and I met you in class in a class. I don't remember how I met you exactly, but, uh, we met in high school and just have known you ever since. So, yeah, I think, um, I partly can, um, I don't want to necessarily put, um, all of the blame on you, but you <laughs> definitely, uh, got me real into the movie. I mean, I was into movies and, and film and TV and whatnot before <laughs> I knew you, but, um, for those of you who don't know, I think I've made references to it once or twice, but I worked at a movie theater when I was in high school very briefly. And I think that's how we really met Mitch is that you and the guys like you and Austin and Taylor, you guys would come in constantly. And I think yeah. you and I had a couple electives together. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I know we had, we had some class together. I think it was a science class. Maybe. Yeah. I we had CAD wrong. together. We had CAD together. Yeah. Um, and I do remember going to the movies and you working. And then finally, <laughs> even when you would be off of work, we, I think, would go back to the movies and go see movies. So it was just something that we did all the time because that was like the only thing around, like the only place to go to hang out, really. So... Yeah. yeah, movies. Uh, movies is definitely uh, how how we bonded. Bonded. Yeah, I'm looking for the words in this <laughs> live podcast, so this is going to be a struggle for <laughs> the entire episode for me. <laughs> Try not to say something where I mess up. Like we can cuss on this podcast. Right? Oh yeah, you can say whatever the fuck you okay, want. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Just, just because I know I'm gonna let out like a shit here, <laughs> like not a literal one, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Well, yeah, Mitch. Uh, I, 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 I had the idea of having you on for a while, but I just didn't know the schedule that you had, or I don't know. I think I was comfortable with the two hosts I had at the time, um, but uh both Pearson and Zach both live lives of their own as well. And I can't always, you know, I'm not paying their bills, so I can't require them to be somewhere. And if life gets in the way, then that's okay. Cause we all have shit going on. So, uh, I've done a few solo epis, uh, the past couple months. And I thought, you know what, maybe it's time to bring more people in and we're going to do that. And speaking of bringing new things in, I'm going to tease something or actually really announce it. Um, this is shout out to Megan. Megan is uh, the person with good ideas. Uh, she's She's been a quote unquote fan um, since I started. She's just a good friend of mine. And she um, she proposed that we do something called working title here, uh, the run through. And basically the run through is a bonus binge boys episode not maybe not every week maybe every other week maybe once or twice a month who knows um but it's an episode centered around a movie that we all have easy access to like classic movies i'm not talking like we're not gonna go and sit down and talk about transformers 3 like we're gonna we're gonna sit down oh, and that's talk a classic yeah i thought you were <laughs> saying they weren't classics dark of the moon come on <laughs> Um, we're, we're going to sit down and the first one I've decided, uh, I made an executive decision and decided this because for those of you who have listened long enough, the, this podcast was once called hold on to your butts. 
uh, a line up from a movie that I hope I think you both can name. Yes. Yes. Uh, Do you want us to name it? Finding yeah. Nemo, right? <laughs> Finding no. Nemo, yeah. Touch the butt. <laughs> it's uh, Jurassic Park. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. So the first movie we're going to do is Jurassic Park. And uh, basically that requires or doesn't necessarily require because it's such a classic. Um, I watch it a few times a year, but basically watching this movie, getting together and talking for like 30 to 45 minutes about our thoughts on the movie. And then we'll go through and break it down like in categories, like where we talk about the most quotable scene, what's the best scene, what's aged the best, what's aged the worst, uh, trivia about the movie, who was almost cast as who stuff like that. Um, and really break down like a bunch of classics. Like I've got, got a pretty lengthy list of just classics that I think that would be really fun to run through. Ha ha. Ha ha. Um, I did not, I did not intend for that to happen. <laughs> um, like Jurassic park, for example. Um, Oh God, I lost it. <laughs> uh, like Jurassic Park, uh, Happy Gilmore, Pulp Fiction, Gran Torino. Um, that, Gran any... Torino. If if Transformers isn't on that list, Gran Torino better not be on that list. <laughs> hey, Gran Torino is great. I think it won an award the year it came out. I think it did. I think I Clint think Eastwood won an award. Too, but but well, Transformers is a real recent movie, though. Sure, Transformers also could be on there. The first sure. Transformers, the one yeah. that was arguably pretty okay, but then the rest followed and slowly made me think, why are we still paying money for these movies? <laughs> but um, they're entertaining, whatever. But anyway, running through these classic movies and giving our takes on them, um, I think it'll be a lot of fun. I don't know if it'll we'll do it this week or next week. Um, I just came up, we just came up with this idea over the weekend, so maybe we won't rush it and kind of just take our time with it, but, um, that's something that we will start doing. So be on the lookout for that guys. We're going to hit the fast five. You ready? Always ready. I'm so excited to hear your thoughts on the fact that number one, the Xbox series X and S were officially Officially, we've heard rumors for months and months and months about Sony and Microsoft and what's how much is gonna this gonna cost? When's it gonna come out? Uh, Microsoft um, came out and was just like, uh, "Yeah, uh, all of our shit is leaking, so we might as well come out on top of it and and release the prices." Um, the Xbox Series X is gonna cost five hundred dollars. I think that's the amount that the Xbox One costed back when it launched. And the Xbox Series S is going to cost $300, which is essentially like the, I have an Xbox mm -hmm. One S, I think, the, the smaller version of the Xbox One, um, which is the equivalent, like the less big of a hard drive. I don't think, I, I really truly don't know the differences besides the fact that I think that the Xbox One X has like 4K, whatever, whatever. Um, you can pre-order them starting on September 22nd with November, I think 10th is the release date here. So, um, so yeah, it was just broke today or maybe yesterday that Sony uh, is having a special PlayStation event, I think tomorrow, no, Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon, where they will most likely uh, release the price of the PlayStation 5 and the PlayStation 5 digital version. I think they have a, a smaller version as well. So mm -hmm. I don't know, guys. What, what are your thoughts here? Are either of you guys going to be snagging a, a console? Or are you going to wait? What's what's the thoughts here? My move is always to uh, to get sort of the mid-cycle slim version. I'm a, I'm a PlayStation guy, so I got the PlayStation 3 slim, PlayStation 4 slim. So I'm not, you know... It's good to know this stuff, sort of knowing what it's starting at, just to know what you know, what amount I'll pay half of five years from now when I uh, eventually make the upgrade. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. Uh, I will probably wait to buy any of the new consoles just because 
Uh, I prefer to wait uh, to see how, how they, I guess, perform, you know, it and how they, how the general public, uh, you know, which one's going to be better. I mean, I think I'm leaning more towards PlayStation at the moment, but uh, I don't know. I, I think it's cool that the Xbox has a lower price uh, version of the new console because I haven't heard anything about PlayStation having a lower priced model. So uh, at the moment, I think they only have one, but that could change uh, when they do the event on Wednesday. So I heard I heard a rumor today. Actually, it was on Twitter that um, Sony is under a lot of quote unquote like pressure because of Microsoft's. I, I think a lot of people were expecting a six or seven hundred dollar console from both companies, and I think Sony might have been leaning towards six hundred, but because Microsoft said five hundred, Sony's probably like shitting their pants, like oh shit, we better maybe drop it fifty bucks if it was six hundred. Yeah, um, but that's what happened with like the PlayStation Three, like when that came out, like the Xbox. What was that? Three sixty. That was the three. That was the three sixty. Yeah, they not only beat them by like several years, but like the cheapest three sixty was still like I think like one hundred fifty bucks cheaper than the the classic uh, five hundred and ninety nine U S dollars for the uh, the PlayStation three. But then you know that once the the game library sort of came through, they were able to release the the three hundred dollar system. You know, the one I got um that's when the sort of tide shifted into their favor so i feel like this is uh xbox really trying to sort of start that that value um that value side again like right from the beginning and not wait for sort of like the mid-cycle um release that they've tended to in the past so sort of forcing sony's hand to do the same yeah well cool we'll stay tuned for sony's event we'll probably talk about that next week what they decide, what they launch, when they launch. I think PS5 and or PlayStation 4 and Xbox One came out the same day, if not like within a week of each other back in 2015, 2014, whenever that was. I th- so yeah, I think I, you're right. I assume before Black Friday is the goal. Oh, definitely. Um, but anyway, moving on. Uh, Warner Brothers delayed Wonder Woman again uh, for the like sixth time uh we thought um now wonder woman uh is supposed to open up december 25th oh it says here the sixth delay for this movie i think it was originally supposed to come out in march then it got delayed till april then it got delayed till july then it got delayed till august then september (laughs) (laughs) and now again uh december so are you guys uh, are you guys really anticipating this movie? They dropped that new trailer for the when they had the DC event a couple weeks back, and I, I was impressed. I mean, I really liked the original Wonder Woman. So, um, what do you got? What's what's y'all's take on it, Mitch? Uh, I think I've lost a lot of interest over the you know each time they've pushed it back. I think I've I'm not as hyped for it. I guess. Um. I, it's something that I'll probably still go and see uh, just because I, I am a, I would say a DC fanboy. Um, but uh, I, it's the trailer was good. The new trailer was good, but it's just something that I've lost because they've had to push it back. And I guess that's with a lot of movies. Now you, you kind of, aren't as invested in like wanting to wait for it. I guess it, the only movie that I was really waiting for to come out, I was able to see a couple weekends ago and that was tenant, which I know you've already talked about tenant. So, um, but for wonder woman, I, it's something that I'll probably end up seeing, but, I, I can wait to see it, I guess, at this point. Like, I'm not in a rush to see it. And I feel like they might even push it back again. <laughs> it's a, There's a chance they might push it back again. So that's pretty much it for me on my end. Matt, what you think? 
Yeah, kind of the same thing. Like, I'm probably going to see it. I want to see it, like, in the theater. It's a, you know, now less so summer blockbuster, but um, still kind of the same, you know, Christmas. Everyone goes to the movies um, time. And it's just kind of how all movies are now with either one long delay or a bunch of just kind of inch inch along delays. I expect this to continue, you know, as long as there's, you know, the COVID still happening. So I was just kind of, if, you know, don't be surprised if this happens with pretty much any movie scheduled for the next like 18 months at least. Yeah. I saw one of my friends, Megan actually texted me today and she said, um, Jordan Peele's Candyman uh, remake also got pushed back again. So I think Warner Brothers is is scared because I think Tenet's numbers came out for its opening weekend. And I think it now, given this is because of the pandemic, if the pandemic wasn't around, I'm sure it would have made $100 million opening weekend, but it made $20 million opening weekend. But that's, that's still a lot of people going to the movies. So yeah. um, that's good slash bad to hear. I don't know. It's at this point, it's, Whatever. I mean, it's all up in the air because of COVID, uh, and mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like, uh, it, I would say twenty million is pretty bad because they could have made that hundred million. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, if they would have waited, you know, maybe eventually it'll get, you know, more people will eventually start going to the movies. I don't think that many people even realize that the movie theaters are even open right now so that's kind of like uh something that i would you know it's not like movie theaters have been like promoting ads and stuff on tv or at least i haven't seen any and uh i i don't know it's such a weird time yeah yeah well speaking of uh of movie commercials uh last week uh the first trailer for dune was uh was released dune um is something i didn't know anything about i didn't know it was based off of a book um also a i don't know necessarily a remake they're just doing it again um and this film like as soon as i saw the cast i was like ha damn like this movie's got Timothy Chalamet, Oscar Isaac, Josh Brolin, Stellan Skarsgård, Dave Bautista, Zendaya, and the list goes on. And it's, I, I really don't know what this movie's about. I just see that there's like giant sandworms and shit. And, uh, and people are dressed up like they live in Tatooine. And, uh, and there's a really cool logo. So, um, so I don't know. I, are you guys excited for that? I mean, I'm definitely going to see this. I'm, I'm, well, I mean, I'm, I'm going to see it because of the cast. <laughs> um, but like, I, I don't really even get what the movie's about. It's kind of like a big sci-fi, like epic, like the oh, I can't remember the author who started it, but I think he passed it. Then his son, you know, basically carried the series on. You know, it's it's several books like easily like double digits and they're like big like dictionary sized ones so there's really no shortage of uh stuff to do and if they're going to be able to get like this much behind like the first entry and hopefully it does well and is you know is faithful to the source material that apparently is a huge deal you know i haven't personally read any of them because you know i don't read anymore let alone ones as books bigger than my head but um yeah i'm you know cautiously optimistic and definitely interested yeah mitch uh yeah i'm uh this would be one of the more highly anticipated movies i think um for me i would be like uh first in line to see this in theaters if whenever it gets released it says right um, now december 18th which you know i'm i'm hoping for that but we'll see when yeah, the time yeah. comes. Um, but I, I, the trailer is actually, I got like really like Mad Max vibes from it. Um, just the shots, the cinematography, um, the, 
guy who does the cinematography, uh, I think his name's Greg Frazier. I wrote it down. I think that's Greg or something. <laughs> oh, it's so Greg Frazier, I think is his name. Um, but he's also doing the same. He's the director of cinematography and he's also doing the cinematography for the Batman. And there are some shots in the trailer that are very similar, like, you know, large scoping, um, set shots. Um, and I just, I really love how, uh, like the color palette of the movie, I think is great. The costumes look really good. Um, and obviously the cast, you forgot Jason Momoa. I'm going to let it slide. <laughs> I, I think he's at the bottom of the list. He's like, probably at the shot. bottom of yeah. the list. <laughs> he's <laughs> probably way at the bottom of the list, but I'm just like, there's a shot in the trailer where he's like, he, where he holds the knife up to his head. And oh yeah. Pink Floyd, the song in the background. Yes. Yeah, you know, you gotta, you gotta have a good trailer with Pink Floyd music and mm -hmm. the cast looks incredible. The movie looks good. Uh, but obviously I don't really know what it's about. I haven't seen the original. Uh, I'm getting told by other uh, friends of mine to see, see the original, um, which apparently like I've seen clips of it recently and it doesn't look all that great, but you'll kind of get a feel for what the new movie is going to be about when you watch the original. So that's, that's kind of uh, obviously, and the books too. I, I haven't read the books either, but um, something that I might look into is reading the books and watching the original before seeing this new movie. Yeah. Um, and hopefully we can see that new movie on December 18th of this year. We'll see. Um, this is a little uh, came out of left field for me. Uh, the Walking Dead is coming to an end. Um, uh, the decision has been made to kill The Walking Dead, but the universe of The Walking Dead will live on. <laughs> uh, AMC announced on Wednesday that it is bringing the series to an end. The show will conclude uh, with a expanded 24-episode 11th season that will air over the course of two years. Why don't you just do 12 seasons, but whatever uh however uh th this is not the end of the walking dead amc greenlit a untitled spinoff starring norman reedus and melissa mcbride who played daryl and carol uh that show is set to premiere in 2023 with current walking dead show runner at the helm um walking dead premiered in 2010 and at one point was the most watched series on television uh, Tales of the Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead, all of these uh, extensions of the Walking Dead universe exist. Um, Don't Talking Dead. And Talking Dead, yes. Can't forget Talking Dead. Um, what do you guys think about this? Mitch, um, you, you're the person I can thank for, for getting me into the Walking Dead. However, I will say I have not watched since... What year is it? Um... I haven't watched the last season and a half. I'd like to say maybe two seasons. I I stuck around for quite a bit, but then eventually at one point I just asked myself, what am I getting out of this? And the answer was nothing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I stopped, unfortunately. Um, well, uh, I'm in the same boat there. I stopped watching um, as soon as Negan was on the show and some characters died that I really enjoyed. So I stopped watching it. Um, so it's kind of like, uh, I would say it's a really good show, but the attachment, you can't get attached to any of the characters because it's like they can go at any moment. So um, it's kind of like uh, a bummer in that sense that, uh, that the show is really good. I don't know how it's been the last like, two or three or four seasons because I haven't seen it, but um, it's a good show. Um, <laughs> it is at least. Uh, I, I don't know what else to say. I, I'm not really 
upset that they're canceling it. I think they've had a long runtime of the show that it's kind of probably hitting repetitive beats um, in in that sense. But uh, can only have walkers out there for so long. Yeah. There's walkers out there. Carl. Carl. <laughs> Carl. What do you think, Matt? Uh, Walking Dead was never a show I was like super into. I think I watched like the first few seasons and I, there's something about it never fully grabbed me, but it was always kind of like a pillar because the uh, just around the time when it came out was sort of like the, the wave of just like zombies, like zombie land, like left for dead, like all these other things was just massive. And it was able to ride that wave for, you know, 11 seasons sort of so, a lot longer than, than I would have thought it stuck around for. So, you know, props to it, not my thing, but you know, sort of weird to, to think of a world with no OG walking dead. Yeah. It's uh it's kind of bittersweet. It's uh it's just one of those shows not, uh, that when it ends, you're like, Oh shit. Like I was a freshman in high school when that show first premiered. Like that's, that's crazy. I, I'm I'm truly surprised that they kept it going for this long. Um, I mean, I knew fans like there's diehard. It, Walking Dead fans are just like any other quote unquote nerdy TV show or movie series. Like there's diehard fans that will ride for it no matter how bad it is. But um, yeah, I wouldn't say the show got bad for me. I just lost interest. I was not really given too much of a shit about any of the characters i was on my phone half the time for the episodes so i i pieced out but maybe that's all right we'll see what the uh we'll see if the spinoff with carol and uh daryl uh do any good and maybe i'll maybe i'll tune in for that first season or so just because those are two of my favorite characters of the core show so maybe i'll uh, maybe i'll give it a shot but um last little headline before we dive into the the big boys uh of the week um Chris Evans had a little bit of a mishap uh, this weekend um, on his Instagram story. He posted a screen recording of him scrolling through his photos and uh, he probably should have checked his camera roll before doing so because uh, he uh, there was a dick pic in there. And um, not only that, there was also a photo almost a meme of himself that he had saved of his face with the caption guard that pussy so so <laughs> so so um so quickly he deleted his post however of course because he's a celebrity thousands of people already saw it probably screenshotted it people on twitter were going crazy with his captain america dick pic memes and shit like that's America's penis, shit like that. Uh, um, Chris Evans has not made a statement about this. However, uh, Mark Ruffalo made a statement, um, basically just saying like, "Hey, uh, it can't be all that bad. Uh, it's 2020. It's been a shitty year." Um, Mark referred to it also being a past shitty four years, and said, "Hey." A dick pic on Instagram is the least of our problems. So good to see that one of his Avengers co-stars, uh, kind of, or ex co-stars, I guess, Rip, yeah. um, saved the day there. But yeah, Captain America, dick pics. Do we give a shit? <laughs> the bright I mean, spot of twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of a weird thing that happens. Just, just a, a great light moment that that everyone can have a laugh about. Uh, hopefully not too much at his expense you know hopefully he doesn't see it that way hopefully he sees that if it happened to anyone we'd all be laughing the same it's not just because it's you know captain america yeah but i mean i think that's you have to just laugh at it i mean he probably didn't do it on purpose and if he did do it on purpose then uh I think kudos it, to him because it worked. It's a weird move, but if it's on purpose, yeah, it, but you know, do, you do you. Which is why it, I don't think he did it on purpose. But I mean, uh, hey, sometimes we just forget what's in that camera roll. <laughs> um. All right. Well, let's <laughs> let's move on to the the big boys of the week. Um. Obviously, you can tell from the title, we watched 
Um, we watched Mulan, uh, the uh, the live action remake. Let me give you some uh, information about the film before we. Um, wow, IMDb really goes all out with the synopsis here. Uh, a young Chinese maiden disguises herself as a male warrior in order to save her father. Um, that's very basic, but that that's pretty much the gist of it. This movie is rated PG-13. Did not know that until I watched it. Um, and it's a, un, a little under two hours, and it came out on Disney Plus for the Disney Plus premiere access, which uh, is bullshit. I have, I have questions about this. Um, first, before we even get to the movie, is the premiere access a thing that you buy and you get access to all of the future premiere access movies or is it per movie? I honestly have no clue. I am not the uh, executor of my of the Disney Plus account in mm. use within my household. Um, so I am happy to reap the benefits of the person who... Uh, made that purchase but i'm not familiar with the what uh what all it entails yeah i think looking here now that it's per movie um, because when you do buy it it tells you that you have premiere access to mulan oh and um yeah i think nothing it's probably else like you purchase the movie on its own like and then you own the movie yeah mm-hmm. so Whatever. So it's probably a movie. I'm sure there's going to be people buddying up and splitting costs and and taking advantage of their parents or friends, whoever has their account. I don't blame them. I think Disney will be all right. Um, they're doing just fine. Just uh, fine. <laughs> however, Mulan. Um, so this movie has a a powerhouse of of uh, Asian actors. I didn't realize that Jet Li played the emperor. That's mm-hmm. pretty awesome. Um, Donnie Yen, uh, the commander, I thought that was pretty cool. Hadn't seen him since Rogue One. Um, he's pretty great in Rogue One. Uh, but yeah, guys, here, um, I, th- I think we all gave it a three out of five. Um, and for me, it, it just barely got that three out of five because personally, I think that the, I'll start off, I think that the movie um, was a disappointment. I think that's a pretty share widely shared opinion throughout the world right now. Um, I think that the movie had a really weak first and second act. I think the third act saved it a little bit. I thought the third act got a little more, I don't want to say action packed, but like I, I, I found myself more interested in the movie within the last 30 minutes of it. Yeah. Um, as as far as I, I made a pros and cons list here while I was watching the movie, um, I'll tell you that the, the the pros list is significantly shorter than the cons <laughs> list here. Uh, I, I'm curious to see if you guys agree with these. We can kind of stem off of conversation on these. Yeah. But um, so for Mulan, I put the cons. Uh, there's pretty obvious, pretty bad CGI in several scenes. Um. There, uh, I put that the beginning is very rushed. Um, I put that uh, there's a few scenes where you can tell that there's an obvious green screen. Yes. Um, I put that there's too many cheesy slow motion scenes. I didn't mind those, especially since I feel like a lot of it, especially with Jet Li in the mix, like it was a lot of homage to like old school, like Kung Fu movies. So, you know, more than I would, if I was making the movie, more than I would include. But, like, I saw it explained that way somewhere else on the internet. And I was like, okay, I can get behind that. Somebody, I think uh, my girlfriend, she pointed out that, because a few times I was like, this is so damn cheesy. And she was like, do you think they're leaning into it because of the kung fu aspect? And I said, well, maybe, but, like, how much are they trying to lean into it? That's a good. Um, that's a good fair question. And then I put as my last con, uh, Hawk Lady serves no purpose. <laughs> Let, the, let's uh, talk about the the villains. Obviously, I'll I'll say this. Spoiler alert for Mulan, you, the classic oh, yeah. animated Disney film. Here, um, uh, the villain was not uh, the same villain um, from the the original. He was uh, Bori Khan in this movie. 
Um, and he was fine. I mean, he looked threatening. I mean, he gave me very uh, Dothraki vibes. I definitely feel <laughs> like they saw that and were like, "Ooh, I uh, I definitely want a piece of that." Just a lot of the a lot of those interactions between the two main villains, Bori Khan, and then the uh, the Hawk Lady, as you referred to her. Um, those are some very like right out of Game of Thrones interactions, just you know, Disneyfied a little bit. So when my parents asked me how the movie was, my girlfriend said that she felt like it was a kung fu movie, not necessarily meets Game of Thrones, but there were there were Game of Thrones vibes, like like you said, the character interactions. There was a lot of downtime. There was a lot of talking. Um mm-hmm. Which again is fine. You got to further the plot somehow, but man, I, I don't know. I just I I watched this movie and I I didn't have fun with it. I I wasn't really attached to the Mulan character. There wasn't like a personal, um, there wasn't like a journey she went on. Yeah, she seemed very one note throughout the whole time, and you know, a big way that 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 um growth and stuff was shown in the animated was through the songs, and then. When you remove all the songs, you remove a lot of the, you know, emotion and the characterization that they brought with them and didn't really replace them with anything except some like pretty, you know, replacement level action, which, you know, it's Disney. They're spending a whole bunch of money on it. So that stuff's like fun to watch. But basically, yeah, just not a lot of they removed a lot. They removed more than they added. I'll I'll make this next point and then Mitch, I'm curious to hear what you have to say about some of this stuff. But um well actually I'll just I'll start the that, that conversation of the fact that um <laughs> a few reviews I've read basically said the same thing that we're about to say. Um Disney took everything great and fun and happy and entertaining about the animated film, ripped it out, and like you just said, Matt, didn't replace it with anything. Um just kind of slow-mo scenes and fighting sequences were which were kind of cool I'll, I'll say that the action was was pretty cool um i i wouldn't necessarily take my seven-year-old daughter if i had one to this there was quite a bit of i guess killing um yeah in it i guess i know they were trying to go for like a mature realistic modern telling of this story but I w- a few points I was like, damn, all right. Like she's like dragging the sword behind her with like the blood dripping on the ground. I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, especially like in the original, they show that wrecked village. And I thought that was very like well done for kids, despite it being, you know, a whole village is burned to the ground and all everyone that lived there is now dead. But it's like <laughs> this is presented in a way for kids, but I did not get that feeling from the scene you're talking about in the uh in the live action. Yeah, Mitch, what do you what do you think about all this? You're 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 taking it all in. What what did you think about this movie? Um I struggled. Oh wait, it was just behind here. Now I unmute yourself. To watch it. Uh I uh I enjoyed the animated movie so much more for some reason, and that's probably because I I watched I I I watched that as a kid and I enjoyed like the music and stuff. But uh, for some reason, I just, I didn't really watch. Uh, I struggled to, to, to really watch the movie uh, because I, there was no real attachment to the characters. And I also wasn't driven to really, be engaged in wanting to see it. Like I know we got like the premiere access or whatever for, for you, you, uh, like for, for watching the movie or whatever, I'm like mumbling and there's so much going on right now. I'm watching football, got a friend over on a podcast. (laughs) Internet I'm is tired. failing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to to follow up on like what you guys are saying, like I it was something that I just wasn't 
uh, I couldn't get a attached like emotionally to the character and I couldn't really see myself like Mitch I don't know man <laughs> uh, it wasn't something that I that I enjoyed so I'll just leave it at that uh, if it comes out free in December I think oh okay so he left yeah, yeah. Let him, let him join back in. I will. But yes, uh, Mitch was saying that uh, you that you heard in very slow motion. Um, he wasn't a fan. Um, I think a lot of us share that sentiment. I um, I don't know. I, I think this was one of the weaker live action remakes they've done, and it had a lot of potential. Um, oh, Mitch is back. Let's add him back in. Mitch, in real time. Am I back anything. in? Oh my god! Anything. Yeah, you, you're you're back. You uh, your voice was coming in at least five seconds bef- after you spoke, um, but but you're cool now. But we are just summarizing. Um, would you guys would you guys recommend this movie to anybody? No. I mean, not for thirty dollars. Definitely no. When it's for free and you've got a free night and just want to see some action, sure some some disney action that is right yeah yeah of course <laughs> um cool well uh I mean, god damn it yeah, <laughs> yeah i just realized there you how go. Say, um um guys uh since you guys are are new um we a thing we do here every once in a while is a top 10 um and i think one of the most um you know one of the bigger top 10 lists out there is like what are your favorite disney movies um so I'll, I'll how we usually do it is I'll read my number ten and then Matt can go then Mitch can go if there if discussion is needed um, then we can talk but if not then we usually just run run straight through it and, all right uh, if you want uh, I will start it off my number ten um, my tenth favorite Disney movie ever uh, just so people know no Star Wars or Marvel or Fox or Pixar one of the 12 companies that Disney owns um, was included. This is just Disney animation, their in-house studio. Um, so we got uh, little mermaid thought I had to put a princess movie in there. Little mermaids, my favorite princess movie. Uh, this also has a live action uh, in, in the works. I, I forget the woman's name who is playing Ariel. Um, but I know Melissa McCarthy is playing Ursula. So kind of perfect casting. That's a that's a pretty good casting there. But anyway, Matt, hit me with your number ten. My number tens. Uh, I I think it's a little underrepresented in the pantheon. Uh, Atlantis: The Lost Empire. When I saw you put that in there, I I thought really because I I truly honestly don't think I can say I've seen Atlantis in gosh years. Yeah, I think I watched it for. The most recent time, you know, several years ago, but I thought like compared to a lot of other um, Disney movies that had a more unique art style and just kind of a lot of different elements, kind of like the steampunk adventurers and then the kind of magic of like the down, the people like below the the surface of the earth. Um, Yeah, I thought it was a really interesting mix and I thought it had a sort of a lot of different elements than, than sort of your typical Disney movie. Very good. Mitch, hit me with your number 10. Uh, my number 10 is Emperor's New Groove. Now, That's a I solid damn movie. I don't know why. I, my, my picks are kind of like, I would say they're in the right order, but at the same time, sometimes I would push like one movie up or one movie down. I don't know. I think that that applies to my top five, like, Depending on my mood, I may prefer one over the other, or you know, some sometimes one just hits better than the other. I don't know, but uh, I'll go ahead and give you my number nine, Hunchback of Notre Dame, one that falls through the cracks for a lot of people. Also, one that has a live action one in the works. Pretty sure Il- Idris Elba is supposed to play the Hunchback, which is odd. I, they're gonna have a hard time making that guy That'd ugly, cool. is how I'll say it. <laughs> <laughs> all right matt number number uh, nine 
Uh, I might sound like an eight-year-old girl here, but number nine, uh, Frozen. Wow. Uh, yeah. Mainly on the backs of the music. When putting this together, I realized, you know, you get at least two so- two great songs in there, and you're you're cracking the top ten. Okay. I don't hate that reasoning. Mitch? Uh, I have uh, Treasure Planet. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I, th- that's another one that I... I get my notes. I don't know if I've seen Treasure Planet in recent memory. Can you hear me? Yeah. It's just delayed again, but that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um we'll we'll just we can just keep rolling through it. Um we'll get to the end here in just a second. We still have a nice score. long time, but RIP. <laughs> Is it really <laughs> um Number eight is Moana. I really dig Moana. Like you said there, Matt, um, with a, a great soundtrack, uh, Mo- Moana definitely has a couple songs that are awesome. So um, so that's why that cracked my uh, my top ten. Go ahead. Number eight. Uh, run it back. Number eight, Moana. Wow. Y- yeah. <laughs> um. You know, other than the music, I think the um, going to the art style again, I think this one got got onto the top 10 mainly from that last giant stingray scene. That is just beauty. Yeah. And the color oh. palette in, Mo- in Moana is amazing. Can't be beat. Um, Mitch, hit me with your number eight. Uh, I have Atlantis at number eight. Very which is good. another movie that I haven't seen in a while. But I think Matt put it in in the description of it best. Um, I'll hit my. I'll, I'll I'll go ahead and jump down from seven to four, just for the interest of time. We'll go. My number seven is Dumbo. Live action one was made. Wasn't a huge fan of it. Um, Peter Pan in development uh, is my number six. Number five, Jungle Book. Uh, one of the first live actions, and I think still one of the best. Um, and for Lilo and Stitch, uh, one that falls through the cracks for some people, uh, but also a live action in development. Oh, wow. Yeah, falls through the cracks for me. That was one I uh, didn't see until sort of after I was peak Disney age, so definitely not one that's in my regular rotation. So number seven through four? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, number seven, Jungle Book. Number six, uh, fittingly enough, Mulan. Number five, Wreck-It Ralph. And number four, Aladdin. Aladdin did not take... Uh, Wreck-It Ralph almost cracked my top ten. I really love Wreck-It Ralph. But um, they used to tell me back in high school that I would wreck it and then i Ralph. So um, <laughs> not sure if that that means anything <laughs> um nobody said that I'll, I'll just clarify uh mitch uh number seven through number four uh for number seven i have big heroes six number six i have wreck it ralph number five i have brother bear and number four i have tarzan I think Tarzan is probably one that can go up or down, but because uh, I really enjoyed uh, watching that movie growing up as a kid. Very good. Very good. Tarzan is very good. This delay is killing me. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. So I'll hit it with my top three then. Uh, my number three is Tarzan as well. Uh, I love Tarzan. Amazing soundtrack. Um, number number two, uh, Emperor's New Groove. I fucking love that movie. That's a great Disney movie. Um, and then number one, The Lion King. Uh, I'm here waiting for a live action Emperor's New Groove. Oh, by um, the way, not sure how that'll happen, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, Lion King number one, of course. I mean, most people love The Lion King. Uh, I thought the live action one was fine. Um, it was pretty much just a carbon copy of the original with a few extra added scenes. Um, but Lion King is dope. Uh, I think everybody shares that sentiment. Matt, give me your top three. 
Yeah, sound this will sound a little familiar, but number three, Tarzan. Uh, number two, Hercules. Wow. Yeah. Uh, again, I like the uh, the gospely soundtrack in that one. All right. And then number one, Lion King. Like, come on. That stampede. That stampede <laughs> is like the stingray times forty. <laughs> Mitch, uh, hit us with your top three. Okay, my top three is Hercules at number three, uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame at two, and Sleeping Beauty at number one, which I know you guys are going to are gonna crack up me for this, but it was a movie that when I was like, I don't know, like two years old, I watched this movie religiously. I knew the stuff, like the songs, which I couldn't tell you any. I haven't seen this movie in probably like 20-something years. Uh, But (laughs) it's just something that I, like, enjoyed. So I didn't know how to really rate the movies that I was – uh, like making the this list for like if it was like now or like when I grew up watching Disney movies, so I just made it as to what I like, like my, the kid in me, what I would probably rank the movies as. So I don't know, but I used to call I used to uh, call the movie uh, Sleeping Booty. So. <laughs> That's my one tidbit. That's awesome. We love some sleeping booty. God, that sounded so rapey. <laughs> um, nobody's saying that. Um, so awesome. Now we have a an establishment of who you guys are. I think Mitch said something. Yeah, I know it, it does. It does now that I say it out loud. But <laughs> oh, I think that was I was a, like a kid. Comment. I was like. Two years old. That's okay. We won't fault you for it. <laughs> um, but oh, uh, why I do this? <laughs> rounding this out, uh, high score docu series. We'll hit this real quick. Um, short docu series on it's the Netflix. Story <laughs> Austin's over here telling me now that I shouldn't have put that at number one. Sorry. He's I'm like, sorry. that's I'm... so bad. That is so bad. You're ruining it. <laughs> um, so this series just came out. Uh, it came out in August. Uh, it's only six episodes on Netflix, which is solid. Each of them are about 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it uh, was created by a production company I'm called France Costro. <laughs> it's okay, Mitch. <laughs> I'm going to edit out most of the delays so there won't be most of the delays. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, it's on Netflix. Each episode kind of gives a step-by-step uh, different games. Like the first episode was all about like Space Invaders, Pac-Man. Second episode talked about Nintendo. Third episode was like RPGs, Final Fantasy stuff. Uh, Then there's console wars. uh, And then it goes on the fifth episode for Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. And then finally, the sixth episode was the transition from 2D to 3D games. Um, Just in summary, I thought this was a pretty solid docuseries. Um, I like video games. I'm a a video game guy, so it it really hit for me. Um, I thought it was pretty good. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it taught me a lot that I didn't know, mm-hmm. uh, which which I found value in. But other than that, um, yeah. If you if you want a short docu series that'll teach you about the history of video games, then I I definitely would recommend this to somebody. Um, but other than that, uh, Matt, I'll let you uh, take it away for your thoughts. Yeah, same sort of thing. Very interested in the subject. Um, I realized that like. It took me back to when I was, you know, in like middle school or something, sort of first finding my way around YouTube. And some of the first things I saw were just got really into, you know, like angry video game nerd. I don't know if that 
uh, is something that rings a bell with you guys. But just yeah, yeah, some nods there. So just about like all that history and stuff. The the classic gaming was definitely something that I'd spent a lot of time uh, learning about. But this doggy series had a lot of really cool animation and stuff to sort of explain things or just tell the stories of the the different individuals involved. And I also thought it was cool that they kind of highlighted the the sort of power of games for for people that um, didn't really see them much of themselves in the world. Um, someone who was a champion at Space Invaders said that you know they were talking they had some like gender identity issues that the game sort of helped them. I don't know face face or escape from however you want to um, think about it. So. I thought that was interesting. I liked the the story about the uh, dragon lady, the marketer from Nintendo, uh, just yelling at all the guys in Japan to make the the NES better. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely echo it. I was really interested in the subject. Um, but that that being said, that's why I gave it the four out of five. You know, I'm not recommending this to to everyone. I feel like you have to have at least sort of a, a working interest in gaming to really to really get the most from it. Very good. Mitch, what did you think about this thing? Uh, I think Matt really summed it up really well. Um, it was... It, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was something that I would recommend to other people that enjoy video games that maybe they don't know the history behind, uh, you know, the first uh, game systems and like the NES or Atari um, or even like, I, I really thought that it was cool to hear about the Sega, uh, the Sega Genesis and stuff like that. Like I thought that was really cool. Um and how Sonic was created and all this crazy stuff. And, um, but, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like it, it's something that like, like I, I, I'd, I'd probably only watch it like one time. Um, it's not really the rewatchability is not really there because it's a documentary. Um, but, uh, it was uh, it was it was good. Um, I think I gave it a four out of five too. Um, but maybe there is rewatchability. I don't know. I'm just rambling. The delay is really killing me, guys. Um, that threw me off a lot. But uh, I had stuff to say about this written down, but I don't know what to say anymore so <laughs> um yeah so i'm gonna end it there for me yeah all right well uh yeah i i agree with with both of you yeah the, the delay blows um that's part of it i suppose because of the internet i just got a text from you mitch i'm so bad at this <laughs> no you're not you're fine uh we can't control the the way the internet works but um that was episode uh 137 of the binge boys you guys were great you guys did awesome uh i'm really glad that i got you two in here um i can't wait to do more recordings in the future uh hopefully with less delay uh but i'm i'm sure i mean he you were solid the first 30 minutes or so i mean all, all of a sudden it switched um must it could have been because of you know, whatever the shit, whatever the hell happened. So all good. I'll let you get your football game. Uh, <laughs> it's Monday night. Watch your football. Uh, Monday night football. I mean, football. They've been saying football season couldn't come soon enough, and it's here. Uh, so we got to enjoy that. But I'll remind everybody at the top again, follow us on Instagram, Binge Boys Podcast. That's where you'll keep up with all of the ratings, the reviews, the announcements, whatever. Um Make sure you're rated and reviewed on Apple, but also listen along on Spotify and whatever else you listen to your pods on Amazon, Stitcher. We're there. At least I hope so. We should be. Um, I think without further ado, I think uh, I think we can get the hell out of here. 
<laughs> All right, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you. If you could multiply something 50 times, what would that something be? Milkshakes? Minutes in the day? How about money? The Virginia Lottery's 50 times the money scratcher gives you 25 chances to win on each ticket. You could win up to $3 million playing 50 times the money. Yeah, multiplying money sounds like fun. No offense to milkshakes. Virginia Lottery Scratchers. Everyday wins. Visit a lottery retailer near you. For odds and more information, visit valottery.com.